1: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys. This is the Cowboys Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Cowboys Wire editor, K.D. Drummond. Steven, a lot of mock drafts have you guys trading down because if a quarterback slides to 10 then possibly a team calls you to want the 10th pick. How many teams are calling you right now to just say, they're not saying specifically who they would take at 10, but hey, if certain things fall a certain way, would you be willing to trade 10? I was just wondering with a few weeks to go, a week to go or so, how many teams call when you
0: have a higher pick? It's really just starting to pick up in terms of, uh, you know, I'm sure up at the top it's hot because you can, as you've already seen, one, one trade's been made. Uh, but probably where we said it's going to, it's, you know, we're starting to get a few calls and I think it'll only pick up as we get uh, closer to uh, uh, next Thursday. Uh, It'll only pick up. And, uh, you know, they kind of give you the call, Hey, if our guys there, uh, you know, we'd be interested in moving up to the pick and may want to even, you know, throw out a few things like, well, what would it take? And uh, those type of things. So you start to get yourself in a, a mode where you're prepared that, that you know a particular team could call if their players there, whether it's a quarterback they're after, whether it's an offensive lineman or a defensive player, you, uh, they won't divulge that usually, which uh, shouldn't surprise you. But uh, they do say, "Hey, we've got a you know a, a player two or three that if they're there, we might be willing to." Uh, you know, be aggressive and and give you something to move up to that pick.
1: Well, there's Steven Jones speaking on the radio, 105.3 The Fan, and this has been a big topic over the past week, how everyone from the Falcons to the Dolphins and Panthers, Broncos, of course the Cowboys, even the Giants at number 11, they're all reportedly taking the phone calls to see what kind of haul they could get to move back should the draft go a certain way. The question, as always nowadays, It's all about how much of this is real and how much of it is just a smokescreen. Happy to be joined this week by Luke Easterling, editor of USA Today's DraftWire website. Now, whether or not Stephen Jones and the Cowboys are serious about trading back, Luke, I'm not sure. Dave Gettleman told the Giants media cartel something very similar during a presser this week. The question I have is, with all these teams kind of telling anyone who'll listen, hey, we're open to trading back, give us a call. Well, now the more desperate teams looking to come down to maybe draft a quarterback have more options, more negotiating partners, and all of a sudden that entire trade market kind of changes, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I think you can get some leverage out of it. It just depends on a couple other factors. Obviously, the first one is, are you coming up to get a quarterback? Because if you are, I'm not coming down cheap. Sure. Um, and that's that's been, you know we've seen that before. I remember like the, the one game draft in the game almost right. Yeah, you know, and when you're trading up for not a quarterback, it's always cheaper. I think the Dolphins moved up from twelve to three to take Dion Jordan that one year, and they only gave up a second round pick. That's preposterous nowadays. If you're talking about especially going up to get a quarterback, you know the I, that was the move that the Forty ers literally just made. They went twelve to three. It cost them two first round picks because everybody knows you're going to get a quarterback. So. Uh, I think it depends on that. It also depends on how many teams are trying to get up because yes, if you want to trade down and there are lots of teams trying to trade down, you can leverage that in that direction. But if you're bidding against other teams who are going up to try to get a specific player, then it, you know, the leverage kind of goes to the other side of the court and the team that's trying to trade down can say, Hey, you know, I know you want to come up here and get your guy, but you know, Washington at 19 given giving me this 20, you know, Chicago at 20 given giving me this. I don't mind dropping back that far cause I'll get more from them. What are you going to give me? You are going to give me a similar deal, even though it's a smaller jump for you, or could, you know, I'll just take their call. So you can leverage it a bunch of different ways. It just all depends. It's now is the tis the season for subterfuge and and trying to be really shrewd about what you're doing. So it's it's going to be it's always interesting. I, I wish I could be in all 32 draft rooms and just have you know I'll sign the NDA. I'll, I'll not tell anybody what I saw or heard, but just for my own fascination with the process. I would love to just watch those conversations go down and and see all the different strategies and the different moves and how people try to move around because it's just fascinating to me.
1: You know, for a team like the the Cowboys, I'm sure Dallas could sit there at, at number ten and get their guy, get a Patrick Sertan, or maybe they trade back and target a guy like Trevin Morrig. You know, like the safety, like they got all kinds of needs. Like safety is definitely on their on their list. I know they made some moves, brought in some veterans, but. Certainly not a lot of reliable guys on that, you know, in that secondary right now for them. So a possible trade back target could be Trevin Moorick. But, you know, if everyone's picking quarterbacks in the top 10, there's going to be some ridiculous stuff on the board for you at number 10 overall. So I guess at the end of the day, that's a good problem to have.
2: Yeah, you always want options, right, of all kinds. When you're in the draft, you don't want to get cornered into doing one thing. So I think if you're the Cowboys, you have to decide for yourself. If if we decide that, that – Corner isn't just our biggest need, but it's where we can get the best value at 10. If we really identify one of these top corners and we feel like we can have our pick of them, no corners are going to go ahead of us at at 10. I think Denver at nine would have been one before free agency, but they really went all out and adding corners in free agency. So I don't see them taking one there at nine. So if I I really need a corner, I stay at 10. I take my guy. I take Sertan, maybe even J.C. Horn. If they like him better, I I think Sertan's better for them. But, you know, I, I think that's the pick. But if you if you think to yourself like, hey, I really need a safety. I really need an edge guy, a pass rusher, interior defensive line. I don't even think I'd touch in the first round at all, personally. Um, but if that's what you're thinking, and you're thinking, man, I, I need this defense needs a starter at every level in this draft. I need a tag, I need a D tackle. I need a D end. Maybe even a linebacker. I need a corner and a safety. You can't you can't get all that with one guy. So if you can move back from ten to you know late teens and early twenties and you get better value. If you're looking for an edge guy or a safety like Morrig who, you know, that would be more his range. Maybe even you can still get a corner. I don't know where JC Horn lands, but Caleb Farley from Virginia tech, who everybody kind of had pegged as the top corner and a top 10 guy. You know, he opts out of the season due to covid. He has back surgery in the offseason. Obviously, we saw, you know, at the medical checks and in he got, you know, full marks for his, his recovery and how he's looking for training camp. But, you know, is that a guy that you feel like you can drop back to 15, 20 and still get a top 10 talent at corner if you're comfortable with the medicals? So a lot of different ways for the Cowboys to go. And again, that's that's the place you want to be going into the draft. Obviously, I think they wish they had fewer needs to fill, but I think they're going to be able to go about filling those in a bunch of different ways, and trading back could be their best bet if they're comfortable with passing on those top corners at 10.
1: All right, more draft talk coming up, including who could be the most overrated and underrated players taken on day one. We'll get to that coming up next.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
1: All right, Luke. One thing I noticed in one of your latest mock drafts is uh, Trey Lance. You're 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 getting a little stubborn with Trey Lance, right? You don't want to drop him outside of your top five. You just don't think he can slip, right? And there's a lot of different ways the Falcons could probably go at number four, but you are you don't want to mock Trey Lance outside of the top five, which is which is fun. It's kind of fun because he's a different kind of cat from North Dakota State. Hasn't played a ton of football in the past year. He's right there with guys from Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State, right? So he's a like kind of a fun, unknown kind of player, I think, to a lot of people that aren't like diehard college football fans. So uh, Trey Lance is an interesting one. You're kind of you don't want to let him slip outside your top five right now when you're doing these mock drafts. Why is that?
2: I mean, I just think that when you have a incredibly talented quarterback prospect who, again, is still very young has a whole lot of, of growing to do in front of him and he's already as good as he is. he's got a rocket of an arm. he's got incredible athletic ability he's a big physical guy who can run and and bounce off tacklers go through tacklers he can you know absorb the NFL game and its physicality while being such a great passer and at the same time the, the thing I keep hearing from people who have spent time with him people in the league is that he's just as smart. And impressive, you know, between the years as he is on the field as a, as a physical talent. So when you, you put all those things together and you talk about the game's most important position, I don't care that he played in North Dakota State. I mean, I just, those traits and those things will always translate. And I feel like, again, you're talking about a guy who he's probably going to sit the first year. He, he, no matter who drafts him, that's probably a, a, hey, let's let him sit and wait as long as possible kind of situation. But, I think the only reason he would ever drop out of the top five is is a situation where Mac Jones does go number three. If that happens, which means Justin Fields is still on the board at four, I think that's where either the Falcons or somebody trying to move up, maybe they prefer Justin Fields, and understandably so, because I think Justin Fields should go number two. But that's a situation where I could see that happening. Maybe Cincinnati doesn't want to move down from five in that scenario because they really want to make their, you know, have their pick of Sewell or Chase or Pitts maybe they don't want to move down so nobody can get back up to five, you know, or even six because Miami wants to pick from all those guys too. whichever right, one the, right. the, the Bengals don't take. So maybe you're getting up to seven to take Lance if he's there. I could see that happening. Man, I, I just if you told me, you know, that it's going to be Lawrence, Wilson and then some combination of fields and, and Lance and those top four, they're all worth it. I think they're all four worth taking a shot that high. Mac Jones is kind of the only one I'd be really iffy on that high, but That's just quarterbacks are too valuable and you see too often that when there are good ones, they do not last in the first round. And that's why when you put it all together with the skill set that Trey Lance has, it's just hard for me to see that type of player at the quarterback position fall out of the top five. I just don't see it happening.
1: All right. One question I wanted to throw your way, Luke, because I saw you interacting with some of your Twitter fans or or Twitter followers. The most underrated player in this year's draft. I thought that was a really cool question you threw out there. And for me, I'm just going to throw mine out there. I think Devonte Smith might be the guy. If he goes in the, if he goes anywhere past number ten overall, somewhere in the double digits, I just feel like, and I know, I think well, I saw the report that he came in at what 166 pounds. Now that's the new number, so it's going
2: down. I was a senior in high school the <laughs> last time I weighed 166 he's, pounds. He's right.
1: losing weight somehow, Luke. Uh, he's got to figure out that thing. He's got to get you know the weight needs to stop falling off of this man. Um, but still, I just think he's going to be, he's gonna be a, a good player. I, I just feel like he might be the steal of the draft if he goes into the double digits, but what do you think? Who do you think is the most underrated player in this year's draft? Maybe it's not even a first-rounder to you.
2: I think there's a couple guys that come to mind. I think in, in the first-round range, uh, Aziz Ojolari, the edge from Georgia, I know I mentioned him before. He's yeah. a the number two edge guy in this draft for me, I think he's probably the most complete guy. I think Quiddy Pay, obviously, that athleticism, his big frame, he's kind of versatile. I understand why he'd be number one, but Aziz Ojulari, like, there's just not a flaw. Like he can play, I think, in any scheme. He's a great run defender. He can get after the passer. He's already got really great technique, so he's not a guy who's really raw, who's going to get into training camp and you're going to have to clean up a bunch of his, you know, sloppy habits and mechanics really just a, a day one starter right out of the box ready to go and and that's a top 20 player to me so um, I see a lot of these edge guys going ahead of him and I just I don't see it I think he's a really quality player you're talking about the later rounds one guy that I've been on from the beginning is Demetric Felton uh, from UCLA running back wide receiver slot look at what Anthony Gibson was able to do for Washington last year as a third round pick I think in that same range if he's anywhere if he's Still on the board in day three for some reason. I think he's going to be a, a huge steal and in the right offense, I think. Thinking about him being in like Arizona, somebody with like Cliff Kingsbury where he can, he can team up with Kyler Murray and they can be versatile and get him in space and, and let him do a bunch of different things. Just get the ball in a guy like that and get it in his hands because he's so explosive and versatile. He can make so many plays. So those, those are two guys that come to mind pretty quickly.
1: Interesting. And how about flip it around? What about overrated? What guy you think is going to get picked too high and we're going to look back and be like uh, Cleveland Farrell, Number four overall, Tisk Tisk! You made the wrong choice, right? Like, who's that guy this year? You think?
2: I mean, the the, the easy one for me, and I really hope I'm wrong, is Mac Jones, because
1: <laughs> uh, I, I mean, mean, I learned from Kurt uh, Popejoy that you're an Alabama guy, so this has got to be painful for you.
2: I mean, and that's, listen, let's full disclosure here. I grew up, my family is from Georgia and Alabama. My my dad, or like everybody on that side, they're huge Alabama fans. So I grew up an Alabama fan, but I kind of, I kind of admitted this to my family like last year, the year before where I'm like, guys, I, I've been, I've been following the draft and doing this as a job for so long. I've been covering the draft for 20 years. Like, I don't really have any college fandom left. Like it's just been like bled out of me, not in a bad way. It's just like when you, when you do this for so long and you're just trying to evaluate these guys subjective, you know, objectively, it just, you get to the point where it's like, yeah, I guess that's the team I've rooted for this whole time. But like, yeah, I don't know. It just some, a switch flipped for me to where the point like to call myself an Alabama fan feels weird now. Like I just don't, and maybe it's the fact that they just kept winning over and over and over again. And when I swear, I tell you, when Devontae Smith caught that touchdown from Tua tunga in overtime, I genuinely felt guilt. That was the first emotion that I felt because that was just so mean. Like Alabama always wins and Georgia doesn't. And they just have it snatched out of their hands. Like I genuinely felt guilty. And I think honestly, if I'm be, like, that was like the moment where I was like, I just don't. I don't care if they win anymore. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's
1: just don't. It's, so. At, at some point, it becomes work, right? You, your job
2: yeah, now. you know. I mean, but again, it's a, it's a good way for me. Like I like it. I, it's not like I feel like I can't root for them because like of some bad thing that happened. It's just like I love my draft work so much, and I love evaluating these guys and rooting for these guys. That like when I turn on the TV to to watch college football on Saturday, I'm not revolved around. You know, my happiness is not revolved around whether or not Alabama wins. It's about watching fun you know, college prospects. It's about f- rooting for dramatic games that are fun to watch and that sort of thing more so than it is uh, you know, hoping Alabama goes undefeated again.
1: But that's just a long way of saying that you think Mac Jones kind of sucks, right? No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, he's uh, you know, overrated like I said, baby. He's going to go too a, high. He's
2: a day two pick for me, and that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. He's a decent quarterback, and I think at the NFL level, he will be a decent quarterback. And, and if you're okay trading two future first-round picks to go up to number three to get a decent quarterback, that's fine with me. But to do that to pass up, guys like Justin Fields, somebody like Trey Lance, who I think with a, you know, a little bit of time and development could be a really special quarterback, that's just silly to me. I, Mac Jones fell barely outside my top 50 players in this draft overall. So in, you know in a vacuum grading scale that way, he's not a top 50 player in this draft for me. Obviously, I understand quarterbacks are too important that inflates their value and you got to take that guy earlier i understand how that goes but i mean to, to have that guy in the conversation as a top 5 top 10 pick when i have 40 other guys 50 other guys ahead of him that just that's the easy one for me and and again this is my approach to this is that any any player that i think can't do something i hope i'm wrong because let's be honest that player has way more riding on his success than i do So, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly honest about the fact that anybody who I think can't accomplish something at the next level, I hope they prove me wrong because I, that's, that's more fun for me than I I see people sometimes, especially on social media. They'll be like, Oh, see, I told you that guy was going to suck. I'm like, why do you take pleasure in that? That doesn't make sense (laughs) to me. Like that person put way more work into trying to succeed in the NFL than I have into trying to write about it. So, you know, I try really hard to be good at what I do, but, it, you know, I, I've played football too. I played college football at a very low level, and I understand how much work it takes to be successful even at that level. And that's why it gives me such a great respect for the guys that work really hard only to get told every Sunday that they suck. There's nobody in the NFL who sucks. I promise you right. there's nobody in the NFL who sucks. They all are very talented. They, it doesn't work out for one reason or another, but man, I, I want them all to succeed. I, I genuinely do.
1: Always good stuff from Luke Easterling talking draft, man. You ready for the real thing? But a lot of yes, mocks, please, a lot of tell, like, let's go
2: the next, <laughs> the next week is always the worst one, man. That's just, it takes forever. It's, it's time to go.
1: I'm right with you. Thanks for joining us.